Welcome to episode 20 of the Bike Pack Canada podcast with yours truly, Ryan Corey. Today I'm chatting with my good friend, Cricket Butler. She is the owner of the Whitefish Bike Retreat in Montana, a location that uh, our supported tour. Uh, I want to say frequented, but we didn't really frequent. We, we visited on three separate occasions for our, our, our tour, our supported tour over the years, and uh, had an absolute blast. And uh, Cricket was, I believe she was one of my first guests. Um, I, I did have a podcast before this. It was called the Adventure Cycling Podcast. And uh, uh, someone someone along the lines asked if maybe I would change the name. Uh, there, there was apparently a conflict of interest. So um, stopped the podcast for a little bit. But on that original show, um, Cricket came on to talk about the retreat. And uh, this would have been um, a good couple of years ago. Um, so I thought it'd be kind of a fun opportunity to catch up on uh, what our friend has been up to. And um, for those that aren't familiar with the retreat to fill them in on, uh, you know, its significance uh, along the Great Divide route, um, and also get into a, a new event um, that the retreat is hosting uh, called the Pancake Ride. So on that note, Cricket, um, Welcome uh, to the show. And I just had a random question uh, that just came to mind. What is going on with Montana and cycling these days? Because all the news I'm I'm hearing coming from Montana is that it sounds like you guys are going to charge all us foreigners to ride our bikes and you're closing all your roads. What's going on down there? Oh, no. Hi, Ryan. It's good to talk to you. Um, No, I hope none of that will pass. Um, A lot of people were thinking that was an April Fool's joke. It's not. It was absolutely serious. Um, It was one guy... Um, that uh, was trying to get something passed and threw it in with the evasive um, species bill, which is a good, you know, bill needs to be passed, but, um, but not with the cycling in there. So I think it's been strict um, stripped. I think the language was stripped out um, and uh, everyone I talked to and um, thanks everyone who helped support us with that. Um, the feedback that I got was that it was no way it was going to get passed. So we'll shall see. So why does someone put something like that out there? Is it just to get their, their name in the headlines or, you know, did they think it had some validity? You know, I don't know. Um, it was the representative, um, Senator Sales from Bozeman, I think who, um, was trying to get a couple of things passed and nothing was going through. And then this just showed up. Um, like I said, it was just kind of thrown into that one bill, um, I'm not an expert on the whole thing. I'm definitely a person who's supporting, you know, fighting it. Um, and, uh, and I hope it, you know, nothing does get passed like that. I don't think it will. It should not. And it, um, it should not. So. Gotcha. Well, that was, that was my first unplanned question, but my, my first question, I, I was trying to think of some stuff that, um, I didn't know that I wanted to ask and, uh, nowhere in, in anything about the retreat or, or yourself had I ever seen anyone ask, is cricket your actual name? <laughs> it is my name. Oh, that's funny. Uh, it is my name. Yep. That's cool. That's cool. Do you know why your parents called you cricket? It was my, this is hilarious. Okay. So it was my grandmother's nickname in college. Her birth name, her name was Christine and they started calling her cricket. It was like just a college nickname. And, um, when I was born, my dad started calling me cricket and, um, all right, I'll confess on your show. <laughs> My birth name is Christine. I have never used it. If you call me Christine, I will not hear it. But um, <laughs> so now everyone's going to know. But my, um, I've never used anything other than cricket. Um, 
And then my grandmother started, they started calling her Crick when I was born and I became Cricket. Um, and yeah, I didn't even know Christine was my legal name until I was 15 and went to go get my driver's license. So, wow. Wow. I, yeah, never used it. It's on my passport, my driver's license, and that's it. Wow. Yeah, I was wondering, I was starting to wonder if it was like a, a trail name or something that was given to you because you, you have a history with um, bike packing, but you've done some hiking too, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, I've done a lot of through hiking. And on um, when I hiked the AT, the trail name, you know, everyone's given a trail name. It was uh, Grasshopper because I was very young. And um, the people that were hiking with were like, oh, young Grasshopper, you know, and I'm like, okay. I'll take Grasshopper. Um, and then on the PCT, it was Grasshopper and um, screams with snakes because I kept screaming when every, every, all the little rattlesnakes would rattle at you. So, yeah, I have many names, I suppose. So you've done the Appalachian Trail. That, that's AT, right? Yep. The yeah, Appalachian so I, Trail. And then mm-hmm. uh, the Pacific Crest Trail was the other one you mentioned? Yep, the PCT. Yep. Wow how did how long did each of those take? Um, roughly six months. I like to. I'm not one of those speed hikers that go out and just blow it out. I like to actually enjoy the whole adventure of it. So, take my time. Yeah, I've got. Milk it. I've got uh, Bill Bryson's uh, "A Walk in the Woods" on my list of things to read this year. That I believe that was on the the App- Appalachian Trail. It was. You know, I've never read it. Um, it's hard for me to read a book that's about something that I've done, you know, cause I have my own experiences and memories from that. Um, so I actually never read that book. I have like three copies that people have given me, but I've never read it. <laughs> well, don't, don't you, don't you have all this time at the retreat or, or are you quite busy these days? There is no time. No, <laughs> not much. Um, pretty busy, yeah. pretty busy down here. So, so before we got on the call, I was asking if you're you're open uh, year round. Because uh, so uh, actually, maybe let's let's backtrack a bit. So for those that don't mm-hmm. know, maybe fill us in on like where the retreat is located in the region. Yeah, so um, the Whitefish Bike Retreat is in Whitefish, Montana, and we're just outside of town, like seven and a half miles um, up ninety three towards Canada. But we're also located centrally on the Whitefish Trail, which leaves town um, and right now consists of about 45 miles of single track, machine built. Um, we're the only place where you can basically stay and ride your bike right out um, of your campsite or the lodge and, and go ride. Um, when the Whitefish Trail is completed, the whole plan is to have it circle the Whitefish Lake and connect um, these little single track outlier areas together and it should make up about 85 miles of single track and hook up with Whitefish Mountain Resort, um, possibly Columbia Falls. Um, and then, you know, like Spencer's already incorporated into that. Um, the Beaver Lake area is incorporated into that already as well. So yeah, we're kind of, um, in a hot little area. We're very close to Glacier National Park too. Um, also, Fernie, day trip away. Um, so, yeah, nice little area to be. Where Where does the divide run? How close does it come to where, where you are? Um, so, yeah, the divide comes straight down the east side of Whitefish Lake. Um, and at this time, the only way to really get 
to the divide is to go through town, but there is a back way um, straight from our place, from the retreat, some gravel roads or single track. And you drop down um, to the north end of that lake, and you can actually connect right onto the divide without touching any pavement. Um, so the divide right divide route does not come straight through here, but it's close. And um, the uh, the northern tier route from ACA also right past us um, on Highway 93. And um, and we know, you know, like people who are on bike packing. I'm a backpacker myself, and um, I would never go seven and a half miles off route to go to a place to stay. But um, we do offer free shuttles from Glacier Cyclery in town three times a day, and we'll come and pick riders up um, and bring them out here for free or take them back in for food and whatever they need because that's just that's what I would want. You know, I, I wouldn't um, stay somewhere where I couldn't get to it by bike, but the shuttle seems to kind of uh, bridge that gap a bit. So, yeah, it's worked out really all right, so um, you're close to the divide route, and uh, you know, fill us in. Like, how many acres are you on, um, and, and when when did the retreat actually get up and going? Yeah, so I have 20 acres here, and like I said, trail side to the Whitefish Trail. It's very unique. Um, we're tucked back. It's just surrounded by state land, so I, I have no neighbors. Um, very quiet and peaceful. Um, I started this in 2013 i bought the property in 2012 we are about to go into our fifth summer which is just unbelievable to me um and ryan you were you were the first person to call me to make a reservation before i even had a shovel in the ground like that was inconceivable (laughs) sounds like terrible planning on my part i didn't even know what i was getting in myself into but that's pretty cool Uh, No, you know, I knew what I had kind of an idea of what I wanted to do and it fit what you were looking for um, to the, to the, you know, spec and, um, and, you know, it was a great relationship and, uh, and it worked out great. So um, we enjoyed having your groups here and it was the perfect fit for us. So, but yeah, you were the first one to to book with me ever. Uh So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I remember when we, when we got that up and going, um, I think it was a mutual friend, Keith, that, that got me onto this. And um, you'd, I, I think I'd seen some spec drawings or, you know, basically I knew who you were. And I think I bought into the idea of, you know, who you were. And I, I knew you, you would deliver and um, it would make for a very unique piece of piece of our story. So at the time, I think, you know, I knew you were a divide rider and some other things. So, so yeah, fill us in a little bit about, you know, what's, what's your story. So we know, we know cricket, the, the through hiker, what else is cricket done? Oh, I don't like to talk about myself. Um, yep. Yeah, I've ridden the divide a few times and, um, I love it. Um, you know, backpacking was always my, my first love and my knees kind of went pretty early with that. It did almost 10,000 miles in like three years of hiking. It was just crazy. Um, and then I found mountain biking. It's a lot easier on my knees. Um, but I kind of took that a little bit crazy too. And, uh, I just fell in love with the whole idea of bike packing. I mean, it married my love for mountain biking with backpacking and you can go from point A to point B and just self-supported and, um, it's just a great way to travel. You know, you meet people and you experience things that you would never experience if you were in a car or, you know, traveling with a group. So, um, so yeah, I've, 
I found that in my life early or I guess later in life. And then, um, I've turned that whole thing into a career, which is amazing. Awesome. And the, what was the first year that you did the tour divide? Um, I toured it when I turned 40 a long time ago. Um, I found out about it and my best friend and I always did some, something on our birthdays. And I asked her if she would do this thing called the divide route. I'd never heard of it before. And we had never toured on a bike before. Um, and we went out and toured like around Cape Breton Island, um, to, to experiment a little bit on the Cabot trail. And then we hit the divide like a few months later. And, um, and we finished the whole thing, and that was in 2008, I think. Um, and while I was out there, everyone kept asking us, like, are you part of this race? And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, we're just out riding our bikes. And um, anyway, when we got done, we made it all the way to New Mexico. Um, I researched what they were talking about, and I went back the next year because I was like, I think I can do this faster. And, um, and of course, as you know, that's a process that you – rarely give up it's like every year oh i think i can do it faster and um so yeah i found the divide i in 2009 was the first time i think i raced it um and then i raced it in 2010 and 2011 i think um and then i've toured the whole thing a couple of times so once north to south and south to north as well so and then i'm on it quite a bit because i mean it's, it's like my job now it's you know i cater to a lot of the divide riders um not the racers, um, but you know, the average person wants to get out and, and go bike packing. Yeah. So, yeah. So when you, when you first started racing the route, I imagine, you know, so I, I came into the mix in 2012. So I imagine those, those three years before you saw quite a jump in, in participation. Hey. Oh yeah. Like that. I think that movie that came out, ride the divide, um, that, I guess that was made the year that I toured. Um, and after that, I think the participation went up quite a bit. So I, the first year I raced in 2009, I think there were like 24 of us maybe, which was quite a jump from the year before where I think there was like 12. Um, and then after that, I mean, I remember 2010, it, it went up substantially and, um, I mean, that was, I think there was like 75 or something. And then the year after that, it was like closer to a hundred. I mean, it was, it's, and now it's what, like almost 200. It's crazy how many people are starting that race. Um, but yeah, that, that movie, I think really, um, had a lot influential, um, with that community and, and getting people, you know, excited and inspired to, to do it. Yeah, definitely. So with you touring down the road, like you didn't live in the whitefish area before, did you? Like, was that something that you, you discovered while you were, you were on the divide route or had you known about the area where you are uh, before then? Yeah. So I, I'm originally from South Carolina, Southern girl. Um, and I found whitefish. I mean, I came out here with my parents, like when I was eight for the first time and fell in love with Glacier National Park. I remember it from then, but, um, but I had been back here quite a bit. Um, and for about, I don't know, closer to 20 years now, back and forth. Um, and I own some property in, in the, um, area and, um, you know, 
for personal reasons, I moved out here with my two children um, six years ago, five years ago, um, back in 2012. And uh, I, I just knew it would be the perfect place for me to raise my kids. I've always loved this area. It's always felt like home to me, even more than South Carolina where I was raised. Um, Whitefish has always just felt like home. So, yeah, I just knew I wanted to live here and raise my children, and I wanted to find some sort of work where I could stay within, you know, the cycling community. And um, and I wanted to maybe start a hostel or something, but this is what I found. And as soon as I saw this piece of property, I knew I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but I knew it was going to be something to help cyclists. So. Um. So in the in the realm of you know big dreams and ideas and as this is coming into the mix, are is there other lodges or other bike retreats um, you know in in the state or in the nearby states that you know you you were using as a as a model to build this or was this totally from you know you were you just pulling this from the air? Um, no, I think it's the, it's from a lot of experiences. So there's really nothing similar to it. Um, there is a place in on the East Coast, Mulberry Gap, and they're like a mountain bike getaway. They're on the Penhody Trail System. They're very similar. They're a lot more, I think, full service um, than we are. And then I just heard of a place this morning in Colorado Springs that's opening up. Um, you know, it's more like a hotel catering to cyclists, but, um, I'm excited to talk to them and try to figure out like, um, you know, cross promotional opportunities because the people that are, you know, our guests are looking for other places to explore. And I assume that their guests are looking for other places to explore. And it's like, um, I want that opportunity where there might be a little network of places like this where the cater specifically to cyclists, um, and help them. I just think that would be amazing. So yeah, there's, there's a few out there, but not, not anything exactly like what we have. Gotcha. And um, how, how's, how's the average person hearing about the retreat these days? Definitely word of mouth. Um, we are very small and, you know, no big advertising budget or anything like that. So, um, you know, I, I fill that out or, or I have that on my registration forms and people come in and, um, I would have to say like the majority is definitely word of mouth friend, um, been there before, you know, things like that. We do a little bit of advertising, but not much. Um, and this year I feel like I'm in the place where I can start marketing a little bit more. So I might reach out a bit more and, you know, try to fill, you know, open up. We're in the open in the winter, but not a lot of people know that, um, you know, and trying to get the word out about all that stuff. So, yeah, and you were saying that you just bought a, a, a snowmobile to to groom the the local trails, right? That sounds like a, a pretty easy thing to go about. Well, not the local trails, just my property. So, um, you know, we we've been fat biking in Whitefish for a long time, and we have roads and snowmobile trails and cross country ski trails that um, we're allowing on, and that's awesome. It's great. It opens up a lot of terrain but we've never had anything groomed specifically for fat biking. And so ever since I started this place, I was like, I just, I knew I needed, you know, some help in the winter and have some business. So I don't know. It just finally hit me. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I bought this groomer from wildcat groomers back in Wisconsin. And the guy was here. Like he was in, I called him 
And he was like, I'm like, do you have time to talk to me? And he's like, yeah. He's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm in Whitefish, Montana. And he's like, oh, I am too. And he was up on the mountain. And I was like, this has got to be a sign. I was like, can you come visit us? Um, And let me show you what I got. So he came the next day and I walked him around the retreat and we talked about his groomer and it was perfect for what I wanted to try. And so then I went out and bought a snow machine or snowmobile. No idea how to drive that thing. No idea how to work the groomer. Let me just say none. And um, with the help of the local teenage boys in my neighborhood, um, I have figured it out. Um, and a help with a, a really good friend, um, Adam, who is a little bit more adept with the snow snowmobiling. Um, we figured it out. And we were grooming really steep terrain, basically grooming our single tracks on my property um, with the berms and everything with this snowmobile and this groomer. And so it wasn't like you were riding on a ski trail. We were creating like a mountain bike trail in the winter for biking. So you ride up to the ridge and you do these little loops. And it was, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all, fat biking is all dependent on the snow conditions, but if the conditions are right, I mean, it was just like you're, you're riding some sweet single track through the woods. You weren't riding a ski trail. Oh, that's, that's so, cool. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was very different. And... Oh, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was I was saying I was joking before when I said that that it must be easy to to learn how to navigate, um, you know, a snowmobile and 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 the trails. I, I myself am just starting to get into the fat bike world, but you know, I, knowing that the system around your place, it's and specifically with you know trying to groom berms and 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 maybe more technical trails, like you're, you're definitely going above and, and beyond uh, what most people do when, when you think of groomed fat bike trails. Yeah, for sure. Getting out there and hand groom and hand shaping the berm um, initially is, you know, very important. Like it, t- it took me all winter to figure out the process to make a good trail. And um, so next year, you know, going into it, a uh, definitely we'll start off grooming more of a network of trail and, and this spring and summer building a corridor for it. So. Awesome. Well, let's, let's backtrack for one sec. So for those that, again, that haven't been to the retreat, you know, what, what is different about a bike retreat, I guess, more specifically the whitefish bike retreat compared to like a, a hostel experience? Like why, why come to you versus, or, you know, what different amenities would, would do you offer? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, we are very different. Um, we have a lodge and a campground on the property and we have a small store where we, uh, have some, you know, a small camp store plus rental equipment. Um, you can rent a bike here and paddleboard, um, and rent ride right out of here. Um, but I guess what's really different from anything else is that we are trail side. And so, you bring your bike here and your bike is basically catered to as much as you are. Um, there is a bike room. You can keep your bike locked up so you don't have to carry it to town. It won't get stolen or hurt. Um, bike tools at your disposal, bike washes, free lube, you know, pumps, bike stands everywhere, um, trails everywhere, um, shuttle system to take you in and out of town or to custom trailheads or, you know, the divide riders, they want to get dropped off somewhere and come back here, you know, and spend like, you know, two to seven days off riding. So we'll help them get to their destination or pick them up. Um, so it really is, you know, it's all about the bike and, and getting the riders out doing what they came to do here. And that's to ride. Um, 
Yeah, I will say that the shuttle was an unexpected um, uh, and, and necessary amenity our, our first year uh, coming to the, the retreat. Uh, Cricket was plucking our riders off from various parts of the trail um, at, at nightfall. Uh, we'd gotten separated from each other and people were calling in from phones and whitefish and from phones uh, higher up uh, at, at the north end of the lake. And uh, Cricket was zipping all over, picking everyone up and... Uh, yeah, it was it was quite the first introduction, I will say. That was funny. I think that was the first time I met you. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say I'm a bad tour guide. It's just you know th- you, you can't plan everything for your first year. But uh, everyone had a smile yeah. on their face, and uh, you know, thankfully, it was it was well. Actually, that that first year wasn't our last day because we got rerouted. So I think that was um, halfway through our tour uh, that year. We finished in Helena, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, we we all had a, an awesome time. Okay, let's talk about this uh, Joe. Is it Cosley or Cosley pancake ride? Yeah, Cosley. Cosley. So who? Okay, let's start. Who's who's Joe Cosley? You know, I think he's just a local legend um, that they decided to um, to name the retreat out, or that not the retreat, the um, the race after. Um, and we're hosting it this year. We're the location where it's starting and ending. Um, the race organizer, Brad, wanted to have kind of like other. Um, and I think that Joe, his quote legend or his, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. The legend of Joe Cosley um, reflects the type of race that Brad wanted to put on. So, you know, you're looking at 140 mile of gravel, a little bit of single track, but mostly gravel, beautiful country. Um, I think it goes over a couple of summits. Um, you end up in pole bridge on the West side of glacier, um, which is just spectacular. I mean, if you've never been there, it's just an amazing view. Um, and then back over the whitefish range again. Um, and it's just going to test you, um, to your core, I think, to get back to the retreat, um, to end the day. So I think that he embodies what Brad was trying to get, um, out of this race. Gotcha. And how many, do you know how many participants they're capping that off at? Uh, only 75. It's a, it's the first year we've ever done anything like this before. Um, and it is going to be an annual event and each year the ride will be different. Um, and the ride was, he put it together to, you know, it's not a race. If you wanted to go out and hammer it, go hammer it. Um, but it's also to really just promote the bicycling community and bringing people together and and enjoying the festivities of what a weekend like that will do. And, you know, having it at the retreat is a pretty special thing because you can go out and ride. Someone in your family can go out and ride and your family can be here. Um, your kids can be here having fun, you know, not just sitting in a hotel room or hanging out around town or, or staying at home while someone's out riding. It's like you're, you can bring your whole family here, all your friends, and, and everyone's going to have something to do. Um, and if that person wants to go out and, and do the pancake ride and race it, you know, it's there. So, so 100, 140 miles. So I'm just doing the math in my head and, and knowing what I know about the area. So you, you're kind of looking for 
Are, are you expecting like a kind of a one day finish for most people or like, is this an overnighter type of experience where, you know, people are going to camp out, I don't know, around pole bridge or, you know, what are you kind of expecting in that regard? No, I think he's planning a one day um, race. It's beginning early in the morning and um, you know, it stays light here until 10 30 ish. Um, and so you have, I don't know, he's, I think counting on 15 hours of daylight, um, something like that. Um, you know, and if you pace yourself and, and endure, you can definitely make it. Um, pole bridge will be the only place, um, that you can get support and not race support. It's just, you know, local mercantile there. Um, all racers are getting a free huckleberry bear claw, by the way, very famous thing. I would race just for that if I was here. Um, but yeah, it's, self-supported you've got to be able to take care of yourself which is also something that embodies like you know the wilds of montana you go out on your own and you know within five minutes from the retreat you're on your own um so you just got to be able to take care of yourself and um you know carry everything you need with you for the day um and yeah and push yourself to the point where you can get back here and then there's always beer and i think he's doing um pigs in a blanket um, at the end yeah What's, and I know that he won't be here until the last person comes in. Oh, nice. What, what's Brad's last name again? I think he had reached out at one point. Um, Lampson. Okay. Okay. I think he used to be connected with Hammer. Um, yeah. Gotcha. He did, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the date on that, that's uh, later June, was it? No, it's July 28th and 29th. So the race, I think, is on the 29th. Um, and that's the Saturday. And then Friday, I think, it's the 28th. And that will be, like, registration here at the retreat. Um, I think it starts at 3 p.m. So you just come and sign up. And, um, you know, like I said, if you want to stay here, your family's staying here camping or private rooms are available, bunk rooms are available, Um with all the activities around here, um, everyone will have something to do. Awesome. So I I have some questions going back to the retreat here. Uh, I'm curious, you know, so you've been in operation now for what do we say? Five ish years. And yeah. So, so in that time, you know, what are some of the unexpected maybe challenges and, and wins that you've, you've experienced as, as the retreat has, has grown? That's a good question. Um, I think every day is a challenge. (laughs) There's, um, we've grown probably a little bit bigger than what I thought we would be. Um, when I first started this, I thought I would just have the lodge and then just have a few tenters here and there coming through. Um, pretty much ran the whole thing myself that first year. Um, and then from that, you know, the interest just kept coming. So, our campground, I think, has been the biggest change. Um, it's grown. We're still small. It's only eight sites, but um, we have a bathhouse down there now with hot showers. Um, so the campers are kind of, like, separated from the lodge a little bit, um, which is huge. And then every year, and even this year, we're adding more trail onto our our property specifically. Um and that just gives people more of a range, like families coming and camping and the kids can go out and do loops and they're never really far from the parents. Um, we use those trails for teaching. So we have camps and clinics here and we, those seem to grow every year as well. 
Um, and that's, you know, I built those trails for that purpose. So then you can like, like, you know, do some skills and learn here and then go out and ride, you know, Whitefish Trail or Spencer or Whitefish Mountain or, <laughs> excuse me, or wherever you want to go. So it's, it's uh, expanded beyond what you originally had intended. Like, are you, are you happy with the result? Like, is it, is it, um, you know, has it sustained itself? Like, is it, are things on the up and up? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, you know, like I said, I just thought of it initially just being able to live here and, you know, host a couple of cyclists here and there, but it, it turned into a, a full blown business. And, um, you know, this year we got five employees to help me out. Um, because it's, it's crazy in the summer and I love it. Um, I can't imagine doing anything else. Like taking me 49 years to figure out what I wanted to do, um, with my career. And that's, and this is it. That's awesome. Cricket. And I, I imagine like if, if I had 20 odd acres of land, you know, where you were too, it, you know, on the, on those days where maybe it's a little slower, I, I would, I can't imagine not thinking about what you'd want to build or a new trail and, um, you know, to, to grow, the, to grow the complex a little bit. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, pretty neat what, what you've done. And I definitely look forward to getting back this summer, hopefully at some point, it won't be for the, the pancake ride, unfortunately, but, uh, I'll, I'll make a point of getting down for sure. Um, yeah, so- sure. So what's, uh, you know, you're, you, it always seems like you've got a couple things on the go, um, as far as adventures. What, uh, do you, do you have any big trips planned for this year? <laughs> oh, that's not a good question. <laughs> There's always something. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've always, I, I need to stick around here. I think for the most part, um, we've got some weddings and some other big events, um, coming, but I sneak away, you know, for a week here and weekends here and I'm doing like more bike packing clinics with groups. So I get to go ride with them. And that's what I want to do more of. Um, I love taking people out and sharing what I love about bike packing and getting them excited about it. So, um, those have become more popular and so that's my time out on the bike, big adventures. Um, I'll get out on the divide probably, I hope for a couple of weeks this year um get my fill in oh good uh so do you just sort of leave right from the retreat and go yeah or i'll go up to banff and get dropped off and come down i love that section or leave from here and go down to helena or something maybe something like that so yeah like a week or so and are the boys at an age yet where they have an interest in doing that sort of thing no, they're at an age where they have other interests <laughs> other than their mother, <laughs> but they do help me out still. I couldn't do it without them. And, um, and they love, uh, you know, talking to the guests. They love talking to our guests. They're so funny. And, um, but no, they've got their own, their own lives going on for sure. Uh, you're, you're so sweet. Cause my memory of your boys was them upselling all of our uh, tour clients at the little gift shop. <laughs> They're very good at the sales. Yeah, they love to work the office. So, oh, cool. So the the five staff that you have, um, you know, what, what like what are the are the roles changing throughout the day, or does do they each have specific uh, jobs at the the retreat? Um, we say that when you work at the retreat, you're chasing squirrels all day, and what that means is that you it, anything can happen. And the most important thing to us is our guests. 
and we want to make sure that they have everything that they need when they need it. And, um, and in doing so, it's like you could be doing one thing for, you know, one, one day and the next thing you're doing something else. And, um, it's always changing. Um, there's no set roles. I don't think here at the retreat. Um, I don't think I could, could set in one role either. I like to, to do a little bit of everything. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the way it's set up. Oh, excellent. So for uh, last, last, uh, pitch, here we go. What for us Canadians up here, you know, what, what would you say or tell us what would entice us to come down to the, the whitefish area? Why should we make the trip South? I don't know. I think, um, most of my business is Canadian. Um, right now our trails are completely dry and ready to ride. And I have a friend in Fernie who I was just talking to last night over Facebook and he said that they're still buried up there. Um, so if you're looking for a place to ride early spring, this is the place to do it. Um, and then also, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a family friendly, um, place where you can just come down and easily set up camp base camp for the week or whatever. And, um, and spend time with your family and get outside, um, family or friends. So, you know, the lodge is available, the campground's available. My staff is here to help you figure out the best way for you to explore the area. You know, it's not like you're going into an area that you don't know and you're trying to figure out which trails to ride and which directions to ride them and how long they can take. It's like, we have all those answers for you. So we're here so you can have the best experience possible when you come to this area. Excellent. Well, like I said, I, I'm looking forward to getting back and, um, uh, at the recent Calgary and Edmonton bike show, we had a few people coming up to us asking if we'd ever run a, a supported tour again. Um, there's there's definitely some keeners out there that want to uh, to do that sort of thing. And um, by all means, if anyone out there is interested that's listening, uh, please shoot me an email at uh, info at uh, bikeback.ca and um, we might put it on the radar for uh, 2018. I haven't totally ruled it out. It's... Uh, it was something that was a lot of work, but, uh, for, for all involved, we, we really enjoyed it. And, um, so I, th- I think you'll see us back cricket. I think so at some point. Uh, here. I think you should, there's a lot of interest for that stuff and people, um, they need help doing it. And, and your group was amazing and, uh, your support team was amazing. So I hope to see you back. Uh, yeah. cool. Well, we'll, we'll leave it off there. This is uh, episode 20 of the Bike Pack Canada podcast. Thank you very much, Cricket, for uh, coming on this morning. Oh, thank you.